I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. It's an extraordinary thing that you look on us, you look on us as we hear these words, as we hear these things that you have spoken to us, and you are joyful at what you see. You are joyful as we hear these words, as, as we dwell on your words, and that you long for us to know your joy and share your joy. So, Father, um, so dear Lord Jesus, please be at work among us. Please, might we know that fullness of joy as we understand your words and the love that they speak of to us. For your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, Bill's already mentioned about the sort of challenge of gardening and that even in winter, I guess there's still things to do. If I'm honest, I wouldn't really know because I'm not just... I wouldn't say I'm a bad gardener. That would imply I am some kind of gardener. I don't do any gardening at all. But um, the one kind of gardening I can get behind, the one gardening fad I'm all for is no mow may. In fact, let's extend it. 
Let's make it no more, no mo 2024. Why not? Um, I love it. Like, you know, leave the garden and then you're doing your bit for the environment. I think the council love it as well because they can like have all of May not looking after any verges and saying, oh, we're caring for the wildflowers. Um, and, and you can look at that. And sometimes the thing with, you know, no more May, it, it's, it's a great, you know, get out of jail free pass because when it's a mess, it's, um, that's okay. But um, sometimes some beautiful things also spring up and some, and some wildflowers do and it, and it does look great. Now, I... It, I I wonder if sometimes our attitude, now go with me on this, our attitude to the Christian life is that we sometimes think that what basically Jesus has done is that he's, um, he's kind of offered us forgiveness on his work on the cross, and then he's gone up to heaven, and he's basically left us to it to muddle our way to follow him home. And that basically his approach to the church is kind of like no mo may. That he leaves it to it, he, he leaves us to it, and we muddle through. And sometimes it looks like a mess, or sometimes there's some nice bits going on, there's some nice things, but it's it's all a bit of a muddle. And you could be here this morning, and you could be having that sense of like, look, I just feel that Jesus has just left me or just left us as a church to it. All I say is a bit of a mess, if I'm honest, at my life, maybe even at the church or the wider church around me. It looks like a mess. Or you could be saying, Jesus has left me to it, and it's all right, thanks. Lots of lovely wildflowers springing up. It's all going okay. Now, either one of those attitudes, what they're doing is assuming Jesus has left us to it and assuming we're on our own, and either I feel proud or I feel, in, or I feel discouraged, but at the end of the day, I have that attitude of it's not moan me. You know, I've just been left to it. And what we come across as we come to John 15, um, this is this part of the Bible where the Lord Jesus is speaking to his disciples on the night before he dies. We looked at um, John's gospel last year and, and we, we, we saw the first half of John's gospel and we saw the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus as the one who has come from the Father. And now this half of John's gospel, as we've looked at John 14 to the end, it's the one who comes from the Father is the one who's returning to the Father. And so here, Jesus is taking five chapters. So in, 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 a, in a, um, uh, uh, a book of 21 chapters, my maths tells me that that's a lot of the book, five chapters on this one night to describe what it life will be like for his people with him gone. And we've looked at that over the past two weeks, and we're looking at that here now. And what he says to us tonight in John 15 is, I've not gone to just leave you alone. No, it is not no mome that actually my father is at work. My father is at work like an expert gardener, that he is at work tending a vine, a beautiful vine in a vineyard like this. Uh, so, and, and he is tending his people so that the life of Jesus might be known in the people of Jesus, that the father is like a gardener, that Jesus is like a vine, a vine that's cared for, that's cultivated so that the life of Jesus might be seen and spread and shared throughout the world. And so here in John 15, 1 to 17, Jesus says, we'll see in, in, as, as it begins in the first half, he calls us to abide in him. Jesus says, when I'm gone, abide in me and bear fruit in me. That's how we live when I'm gone. So we see that in the first um, half of, of, of the passage, verses 1 to 8. So just look at how Jesus describes himself, describes what's going on while he's away. Um, 
uh, how he describes what's going on there in those, in those verses. So in verses one to three, um, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the, is the vine dresser. And the father is, is caring for and cultivating this vine. All the way through the Bible story, God's people are described with this image of a vine. Um, this is the image of the people that God is seeking, that he's this gardener seeking this fruitful vine. And, and throughout the story of the Bible, instead of being a strong and spreading and fruitful vine, God's people turn from him. God's people uproot themselves from him and they wither and they rot apart from him. And here Jesus says, I am the true vine. This is, I am the one the whole Bible story has been looking forward to. I am the one that all of history has been waiting for. The Father is at work growing and cultivating a people in me, Jesus says. I'm where life is found. And so if, if a branch doesn't bear fruit, he, he cuts it off and, and, and throws it away. If there is a branch that does bear fruit, he cuts it back uh, from anything that might stop it from growing. He, he clears it to make sure that it can grow and bear more fruits. And so Jesus says in the first part of these verses, uh, when I'm gone, the Father's at work. Jesus is saying, hey, I am where life is found. Here is where life is grown. The Father is at work through me to bring life. And so, verse 3, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. The Father is at work to bring life through me. And as you hear my words, that life comes to you. And so, as the verses go on, Jesus calls us to come to him, to come to him, to abide in him and so bear fruit in him. So verses five and six um, are that call of Jesus saying, come, abide in me. Verse, um, verse four, sorry, is the call, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five, there's the promise. If we abide in him, in the middle of verse five, we will bear much fruit. Or the alternative in verse six, if we don't abide, well, the one who doesn't abide, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. If we abide, we'll bear fruit. If we don't abide, then we're not belonging and bearing fruit. And verse seven and eight if we abide, verse 7, and my words abide in you, well then the Father will bring fruit from the vine. As we abide, the Father will bring fruit from the vine. So that verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As we abide in Jesus, the Father is cultivating us as the vine so that we might bear fruit, so he might be glorified as the gardener of this beautiful and fruitful vine. I mean, you might think of, um, of like, okay, I couldn't get a vine, 
but um, found this pot plant. Um, and you can imagine the way a gardener, I don't touch this, but I, I think I've seen Mary caring for it. Um, and and the, you, know, you go through and you, you kind of break off anything that, that um, clearing out the weeds that, I don't know how you do it, I think maybe like, yeah, clearing out the weeds that might be choking it. You might um, uh, take away the parts that are keeping it and holding it back. And then kind of you're shown to be the master gardener. That you are. <laughs> um, but see, see, the promise and the warning is, is there at verse 5. At the heart of these verses, Jesus says, I am the vine. Whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And so Jesus is saying that we need to hear this warning. He's saying, apart from Jesus, life is in Jesus. And apart from him, we can do nothing. If we're not trusting in Jesus, if his words aren't abiding, if those words aren't words that we believe, then we are seeking to live apart from him. We're sort of living like this leaf. Or if we're tempted to look away from Jesus and think life is found elsewhere, it's almost as if we're looking and wondering whether there's greater freedom to be found living like this leaf away from the plant that gives it its life. It's a warning of those verses. Now, verse 2, you might have heard it, and verse 6. Verse 2 talked about being pruned. Verse 6 talks about branches being taken away. Now, that might, not, that might sound at first a little bit unsettling. A little bit unsettling. But these verses don't describe struggling Christians. These don't, verses don't describe struggling leaves and branches, struggling Christians that are attached to the vine. These verses describe those that were never truly part of the vine. Um, you can see that in verse 2. It describes verse 2. Um, they do not bear fruit. Well, why is that? Well, look at verse 6. It is because they do not abide in Jesus. And so if I want to know if I am verse 2, oh, am I one of those in verse 2 that might get cut off? Well, then I need to ask, well, am I one of those in verse 6 who's abiding in Jesus? Does that make sense? Um, if I, am I verse 2? Well, am I verse 6? Am I someone abiding in Jesus? I need to ask, do I abide in Jesus? In other words, do I trust Jesus and his words? And so it is, it's true, it is possible to go to church, to be at church, to sing songs. It's possible to take communion, to serve on rotors, to do all kinds of great things, but to never actually deal with that question, who is Jesus? What do I make of Jesus? Do I believe Jesus? And actually, if you're wondering, well, I don't know where I stand on that. I don't know if I've ever addressed that issue. Again, Hope Explored is a wonderful opportunity to engage with that, to consider that. But the promise is that if we are abiding in Jesus, if we are someone who says, well, yes, in a feeble way, in a fragile way, but yes, I have faith and I trust in Jesus and I believe those words for myself. Well, the promise of verse 5 is we will bear fruit that we will bear fruit. 
And so the question that we have then is, well, if Jesus is saying abiding in him means bearing fruit in him, well, the question is, what does it mean to abide and what will it look like to bear fruit? So let's take a look at those because that is what Jesus addresses next. And he turns in nine, um, verses 9 to 11 and he sort of zooms in and he shows us what it means to abide. These verses call us to know the love of Jesus and to listen to his words. We abide in Jesus as we know his love and believe his love as we know and believe his words. So verse nine describes um, the Father's love for Jesus showered onto us. So verse nine, um, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. As the Father loves Jesus, so Jesus loves us, and so we're called to remain in that love, that love of the Father for Jesus showered on us. Then verse 10 describes Jesus' love for the Father shared by us. So I wonder if you can trace it out. In verse 9, it goes, um, the Father loves Jesus and Jesus showers that love on us. Well, then verse 10 tracks it back the other way. Uh, you keeping my commandments, abiding my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if verse 9 is the Father's love for Jesus showered on us, in verse 10, well, it's, it's, it's Jesus' love for the Father shared by us. It's us trusting the words of Jesus and entrusting ourselves to the words of Jesus in the same way that Jesus entrusts himself to the will and the ways of his Father. Jesus says, uh, keep my commandments, remain in my love because I keep my Father's commandments and I enjoy and remain in his love. I love the Father, Jesus says, and so I love what he loves. And so love me, Jesus says, love what I love. In Jesus, we have the Father's love showered on us. In Jesus, his love for the Father can be shared by us. And so we can know that love as we hear and believe these words. Look at that in verse 11. Why does Jesus give us these words? What does he want us to do with these words? These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What is the joy of Jesus that he wants us to have? It is the joy of being the son loved by the Father. That's the joy he has, and that's the joy he wants us to have in us, and that is the joy that is truly full and overflowing. So as we hear his words, as we believe his words, we can know the joy that belongs to Jesus, the joy of knowing the love that comes to us through him. And so as we kind of think of this plant, Jesus is saying that the, 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 the branch will bear fruit. Well, as we see this plant, the, the, the leaves have life, or if it was a fruit-bearing plant, the, 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 it, it would bear fruit as the sap 
courses through it and comes to it. It's not restricted by being bound to the stem. It has life and has its life by being bound to the stem. Jesus is saying that his words are like that sap. I mean, it might be a bit slow to see it. So um, here's a kind of time-lapse version of it, we might say. Um, you could say, you know, you've got this, uh, you've got this um, lamp here and you've got the electricity coursing through it. And the electricity is there coursing through it. And then I take this bulb and as this bulb fits its place into the lamp, it shares in that electricity and it shines out. It's not restrictive to find its place there. It finds that light and life by being there. And so believing the words of Jesus, believing the words of Jesus are like fitting into the slot, oops, the slot that we were made for. It abiding in Jesus is, is sharing in, is being showered by that love. And so there's all kinds of ways that we could look for, for a kind of fruitful and productive life. But Jesus is calling us to hear and believe, to cling to his words, to bind ourselves to his words, like, like this branch um, to, to the stem, um, like, this, like this bulb, fit ourselves into his words, like this bulb in the lamp. Jesus says in verses 1 to 8, he says, look, the only life not wasted is a life abiding in me. And a life abiding in me, verses 9 to 11, is a life lived in his words. So the question is, have we received those words? Have we believed his words? Like, like a branch to the stem, have we bound ourselves to his words? Like a bulb in the lamp, have we fit ourselves in and our lives into the shape given by that word? Any other life, Jesus says, any other life bound to any other word or any other way, that's a wasted life. That's a life that will be gathered up, withered away and burnt. But, but if I do believe, if I have received and given myself to these words, well, these words are not in the first instance something to do. They are something to know. They are something to enjoy. The call of Jesus is to abide, to abide in his love and abide in the words that bring us that love. The love of the Father showered on me. The love for the Father that can shine forth from me. Abiding is drinking deeply of this love and shining forth with it to the world. It's binding myself to the branches, like, like this, like to, to the stem, like, like the branch to the stem. It's fitting my whole life into his words, into the shape given by his words, like the bulb in this lamp. The most fruitful, the most productive thing any of us will do all week will be the time we spend soaking up that sap, feeling that electricity course through us, hearing, receiving, believing the word of Jesus. And in that word, knowing ever more and more of his love. And as we 
abide, Jesus says, we will bear fruit. And, and the last few verses, 12 to 17, give us a taste of that fruit. They, they call us to see that fruit is to show the love of Jesus. So verse 12 to 13, Jesus calls us to that fruit that comes from abiding. This is my commandment, Jesus says in verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. How has Jesus loved us? Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. So Jesus calls us, says, as, as you abide in love, live that love. Live as I have loved you, loving, laying down your life for the other Christians around you. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, the verse goes on in 14 to 16. 14 and 16, and it kind of, we see kind of two different threads from it. So let's trace through those verses. Um, think about the way he describes us as friends. Just pick up that thread through 14 to 16. Jesus says in verse 14, my friends live like this. You are my friends if you do what I command you. My friends live like this. Well, how did, how did we become his friends? Jump down to 16. How do we become his friends? Oh, you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. My friends live like this and I have, I have made you my friends so that you can live like this. Now we're friends with Jesus. But we also share the same father as Jesus. Let's trace that thread through. So in verse 15, um, he says, I no longer call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. I have shown you, Jesus is saying in verse 15, I have shown you the love from the father. So verse 16 Ask the Father that he may give it to you. I have shown you the love I have from the Father, so ask the Father that you might see and share and live that love. So Jesus is saying, I've, I've chosen you so that you can live out the love I have from the Father, so ask the Father to live out that love. Look to Jesus and the love he has shown us. Cry out to the Father so that we might live that love. It's as if um, in verses 12 to 13, Jesus is holding out for us this amazing fruit. He's calling us to this love, this extraordinary love. And we can get a sense of how good that fruit tastes as we look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. That is the fruit that Jesus is holding out in verse 13. And that's the love he's given us. And as we eat that, we go, that tastes good. That tastes good. I want to share that love with others. When I taste it, I want to, I want to share it. And so, much in our, so, so, so often in our Christian lives, we find ourselves discouraged because we're like chomping at bits of cardboard and we're wondering why we're so unsatisfied. Where Jesus is holding out to us and saying, look, this is the love I have for you. I lay down my life for you. And as we taste that, we go, wow, that is great. And the taste of that love will be what motivates us to then live that love towards others. So when I, 
when I choose to um, love other Christians, when I um, care for other Christians in the church family, I am living that tasty love that we've seen in the Lord Jesus. And, and, and the most fruitful and beautiful thing that we will do this week is what we do out of love for other Christians. And just when I choose to pray for a Christian, when I choose to be patient to a Christian, when I choose to be just that bit gracious, give that spare bit of extra time before responding in, in, um, in anger and just responding instead with patience, I am living that love. Oh, it's right, I'm eating too much of my mouth. Well, they are very good. Well, well now, I mean, we've heard um, that the church family, you know, last week at the prayer, um, and, and, and at the prayer meeting previously, we've, we've heard that there'll be a new um, minister for the church, a new senior pastor. And, and in that moment, with the new minister, sometimes the temptation is, I can choose to withdraw. Okay, let's just see how this goes. And I'll just see how it goes. Or I can choose to say, no, I'm going to choose to respond in love. Or it could be, I think to myself, new minister, this is my chance to get the church I want. Or I can think, oh, new minister, oh no, I'm no longer going to have the church I want. But we can choose, instead of reacting like that, to remember this is Jesus' church. And I want to lay down my life for his people because I love and I've tasted how good it is that he's laid down his life for me. Jesus hasn't left us just to get on with it on ourselves. He has not left his people in the midst of no, of, of no mome. The Father is at work tending his vine. He, the Lord Jesus has bound himself to us. He has bound himself to us as branches to a vine. He calls us to abide in him, to know his words and the love that come from him, to then live that love as we bear fruit in our lives. So Jesus says, verse 11, these things I've spoken so that your joy may be full. Verse 17, these things I've commanded so that you might love one another. Let's pray that we might, knowing his love, know that joy, and knowing his love, Live that love amongst one another. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for these words that have come to us from the Lord Jesus. These words that give us and share with us his joy. These words that invite us to share that joy and that love with those around us. Father, thank you that you have promised that all who abide in Jesus will bear fruit. And so we thank you for the fruit you are bearing in us. We pray you would continue to bear that fruit in us for our blessing and your glory. Amen.